There is much too much to say today, so I'll let the Lord speak to you for the next few weeks. Um, this feast of Corpus Christi, as I said, was started because um, there was a growing devotion to the Eucharist. In a sense, people were realizing, it took about 1,200 years, this is a pretty amazing gift. Everybody knew that, but they started unpacking it and unpacking it and unpacking it, and it still kept going. And then Thomas Aquinas said to the Pope, why don't we have a feast day to celebrate the reality that Jesus is among us? That's the very short version. So today we're celebrating one aspect of the Eucharist, um, how wonderful it is. Pope John Paul II, quoting Vatican II, uh, says it is the source and summit of, the sentence is interesting, of all human life, not of sanctity, not of times of crisis is the source and summit of comfort. It's the source of all human existence. And it's the summit of all human existence. That means my personal life, my family life, my economic life, my political life, uh, anything that is human is not foreign to this Eucharistic uh, celebration. In fact, this celebration is the source of everything I'll do this week, and it's the highlight. That doesn't mean I have to feel like, whoa, this was the most emotional moment of the week, because it's the source of everything and it's the summit of everything. So when I'm feeling excellent, it's the source and summit of everything. When I'm feeling bad, positively negative, it's still the source and summit of everything, because Jesus Christ, who is present, he did go to the cross. If you want an easy way in, and this tradition was the good way for Catholics to get into everything about the faith, uh, start with the Eucharist. We, we did the short version of St. Thomas's uh, hymn to the Eucharist. The long version is longer, but it's still not long enough. Um, so, you know, you can meditate on that for a few weeks too. Every verse, some are very harsh because life can be harsh. Some are very gentle because life can be gentle. Everything about human life can be found in the Eucharist. Our consolation, our hope, our strength can be found in the Eucharist. Um, also challenging, the Eucharist can be challenging if you really believe it. If you believe that Christ sends you out with a mission and you don't care, that's bad because on Judgment Day, God will say, I told you something in the Eucharist. I modeled something in the Eucharist for you and you ignored me. And we will say, Lord, when did I see that model? When did I hear that? And he will say, you were at Mass. And I will say, but you did not explain to me. He will say, I modeled it for you. I gave myself for you uh, so that you would never forget what life is about. In the Gospel today, the Gospels change every year, but the Gospel today is about the multiplication of the loaves. And it does tie into another theme. I wish I had, you know, more time. Father's Day. Yay, fathers. Congratulations, everybody here who is a father. Uh, or a potential father. Uh, congratulations. This is a beautiful thing. Again, fatherhood. When we have men's weekends, that is the theme, and it takes you about two or three days to get to the theme of what is a father, because you have to go through many other levels. See, for men, built into our structure, into our nature, and for women on their side, uh, our first relationship in the world is total dependence. Being a son is the first thing you experience uh, after your conception. From the moment we exist, we are men, sons, women, daughters. That's the deepest and most intimate thing 
we have going for us in terms of relationship. And then you become, if you have siblings, a brother. Not total dependence, but you had not much choice in the matter of who your brothers and sisters are. So you're a brother, you take it as it comes, and sometimes you get a great hand of cards dealt to you, and sometimes an even better one. So, you know, don't be negative. You get what you get. Your brothers and sisters are a gift. Uh, so you learn about gift, and you're, you become a little conscious. I did, they're okay. I didn't choose them, but you, you learn to live with what God gives you. So you're starting to become more mature. And then you go to the stage of being a friend, which is you don't have to choose anybody to be your friend. But basically, it's limited by who you know. Especially in the old days, before internet, you didn't go on internet to choose your friends. You lived in a certain place, and there were 400 people you could choose from if it was a bigger place. In Toronto, you had 6 million people to choose from. Half were male, more or less, so you had 3 million potential friends. But you had to choose somebody, and if you didn't choose anybody, no friends. You are invited to enter into participation with God in discerning His will for your life by the simple act of having a friend. Some people tell me, yeah, I hung out with the wrong crowd, and they emphasize the crowd, and that's why, unfortunately, I got messed up. Yeah, but actually, you probably chose that crowd. Maybe rebellion against your parents, maybe because you want to be with the cool kids, whatever it was, you chose to run with that crowd that helped bring you down. It's not like your brothers and sisters or your parents. You had no choice. Good on you. And then there is a thing called marriage. So there's the, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, man, wife thing. And then comes fatherhood. Fatherhood, where you choose to man up and take responsibility for everything God's entrusted to you, even though you know you're not worthy. From total dependence to almost going around. Now you are able to be totally dependent on God the Father because you have no idea what you're doing and you know it and you're trying to help other human beings get to heaven. That is the cycle of life that God baked into who we are. So when we say Father, that is the, that is the high point of a man's life. And so many, well, <laughs> these days so many are toxic, I have found out. Masculinity is well, toxic masculinity is said often as if it's one word. And that is from the devil. Toxic femininity, all women are. Yeah, fill in the blank and you are lying. All men are bad. Can masculinity, can this process, can this delicate process of doing what God wants, channeling in real time his will for my family and not just going, veering out and doing what I would like to do? or running away from my duties, men are good at that. Finding excuses not to confront the real needs right in front of me, wanting to sell the children because they are weighing me down today. That's a temptation, but to follow that temptation is very possible because we are free. As a father, you are free to neglect all of your duties and even make it look like you care. Yeah, that's toxic, but there's also a graced masculinity, and that's the one that we know and love. The world always speaks these days as if toxic is their invention. We've discovered there are toxic men. Wonderful. We call it original sin. You know what? There are toxic women. There are toxic children. There are toxic priests. There are toxic everybody. You, in fact, could be toxic or graced. And back to the Eucharist. That's why we're so grateful that we have this, the source and summit of everything that makes life truly worth living. Um, 
why don't we be a little humble? I am toxic. I, as son, am potentially toxic. I, as brother, am potentially toxic. I, as friend, and I, as spouse, and I, as father, potentially extremely toxic. I, as son, extremely graced, a source of blessing for the world. I, as brother, a source of joy for everyone I meet. I, as friend, loyal, trustworthy, faithful. I, as spouse, fulfilling my duties, protecting, defending, supporting, allowing the freedom of my spouse to grow. I, as father, loving my children and giving my life for them. That one narrative is possible, toxicity, congratulations, modern world. I'm glad you've discovered original sin because a century ago, they were saying there is no sin, there are no problems, it's all a psychosis and an illusion of the Christians. I am glad the modern world has hit the hard ground of reality. Unfortunately, it's made them cynical and depressed because they forgot that we were not made for that. We were not made for original sin. The Bible did not stop with Genesis 3, at least my version. The Bible started and never stops. Redemption began, and on the day that Jesus suffered and died and rose for us, uh, everything began. That is the good news, that the old narrative is not the final one. Toxicity, congratulations, modern world. There are toxic fathers. Re tell me all about it. And I say, you've got to Genesis 3. Congratulations. Keep reading. You can do it. Maybe just jump to the Gospels to save yourself time and find out what masculinity can and should be. Look at Jesus Christ, the model. And at the danger of going on too long, some people tell me short is beautiful, I could care less. Long is beautiful as well. Um, fatherhood. Jesus today shows what it is. They've been preaching a long time, they're tired, wiped out, the people are there, and the disciples helpfully say, because they're not yet good fathers, they don't even know they're supposed to be spiritual fathers, they're just tired. I could care less about the theory, I don't like these people in front of me. And Jesus says, okay. And they say, Lord, we really care about these people. They're hungry. We notice their need, and we want to push them as far away as possible so we don't have to notice it anymore and think maybe I'm responsible for solving a problem. Absentee fatherhood, excellent. You know how you solve the problems in front of you? You push the people away so you don't feel, until you don't feel anymore, that they are your responsibility. Stiff arm. And Jesus says, why don't you give them something to eat? And that's what I meant before about on Judgment Day, you know, in the Eucharist we learn what giving is, what generosity is. I may have a ton of needs in front of me. I may be overwhelmed. And yet I am not allowed to say, let's send these nasty people away. They're called my children. Let's push them to a safe distance where I don't have to feel their need. And if I'm hard-hearted, that's about two inches. And if I'm very soft-hearted, 5,000 miles. I'll just push people away until I don't feel the clear call of God to serve in the real people I know. That's toxic. Graced, fatherhood, I embrace. I open my arms and I welcome the good and the bad, the joys and the sorrows, because that's what Jesus models for me. And Jesus learned everything from his Father. So happy Father's Day. Today we're so grateful that our Father in heaven he was, on his day, giving, which is usual for a father, not receiving. He gave us the Eucharist once again.
his greatest gift today.